0: The climbing stick has finally gone metal free. Our goal for the Carbon SS climbing sticks was to make them as light as possible without sacrificing durability. And we wanted to make them stack flush so they're compact for saddle hunters and tree stand hunters. The new aerospace carbon fiber technology allowed us to achieve ultra light weight specs and removed all moving parts and hardware for improved durability. The sticks also feature our patent-pending metal-free attachment method that makes setup easier, faster, and quieter. The Carbon SS Climbing Sticks are made right here in the USA and come with a 5-year manufacturer's warranty. For more information, visit LatitudeOutdoors.com. The mobile hunter is obsessed with exploring unfamiliar places, and this is what our gear is designed to do. At Latitude Outdoors, we build mobile hunting equipment for hunters who like to move often and move fast. Whether you're an experienced whitetail hunter or new to the game, if you want to be mobile, we have options that are worth considering. Our saddles, climbing sticks, and platforms are made right here in the USA and are available at LatitudeOutdoors.com. Thanks for checking out the gear and good luck this season.
1: Welcome to the Life Outdoors podcast. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and motivate. We speak life into and through the outdoors. Now join your hosts, Nate Bailey and Gage Bailey, as we navigate through the mountains of this life. Hey guys, Nate Bailey here with the Life Outdoors podcast. Before we jump into this week's edition, um, for one thing I want to apologize to you because I haven't been uploading these as much as I should. That's going to change. Another thing is, is, um, if you want to help bring this, want to partner with us to bring the Life Outdoors um, to the internet, you could do that. We have a Patreon account. I'll leave the link in the show notes. But uh, other than that, you could go over there and check it out if you feel like you want to help. All right. Now, on with this week's podcast. Now, the reason that I wanted to come on this week is because I was listening to another podcast, and I can't remember the podcast name, but they had Jeremiah um, Doty on it, and Jeremiah Doty, um, I, for those of you who don't know, his um, social, he's, he's on social media, and, and it's filled the plate is his social media stuff, and you should go check him out for one. So what What his deal is, is he uh, takes people hunting that never been hunting before and then shows them how to go from hunt to the plate. So they, um, so they have like these, these get togethers where he'll take people down to like Texas. They shoot a deer. They go through how to butcher that, how to clean it first, how to butcher it, um, all the cuts of meat, how to keep your meat clean, all that good stuff. And then they take it and then they uh, cook it. And what got him started in this is he he himself wanted to get into hunting. And he had um, when he wanted to get into hunting himself, he didn't know how to do all these things. So he went out and started doing it for himself. And he thought, man, you know what? There is uh, a lot of people that I could help here. Um, you know, do the same through the same journey that I had. And it's kind of funny to me, you know, coming from where I come from, I mean, um, from the minute I was, I could remember, you know, we were running around camp with deer legs and making tracks all over camp with the deer hooves. And, uh, so to me, it's kind of foreign that somebody wouldn't know how to, to gut a deer or anything like that. But when you jump into it in your thirties and your forties, um, I take those things for granted. And I think we as hunters need to understand that about, um, people wanting to get into it, that, um, they don't know how to do this stuff that they really need help doing this stuff. So, um, anyhow, he did that. He, he jumped into that and I think he's from like LA. So there's not a lot of hunters down there to teach him how to do it. And so he saw this and, and, uh, it's been really good. Part of the thing is, is he's been taking people and getting them into hunting, um, people that normally wouldn't do it. Matter of fact, he talks about vegans and stuff that he's brought into hunting, now you got to realize when you've done something like this, you get a lot of people, um, a lot of death threat threats and things like that from people that don't understand what hunting's really about, and uh, they, they're ignorant to it. And his whole premise was is that a lot of people are ignorant to what hunting is all about. And so I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is this is so true. Here he is. He's kind of an evangelist for hunting. Um, he takes these people out of course they pay him, you know, they want to get into it and, and, uh, he takes these people out and then he teaches them from the get go. Well, he tell, told told the story of one person that he took out that, uh, was a vegan. See, cause you know, he's all over social media. And, uh, if you're a hunter on social media, uh, some places and, and you start getting people noticing you, uh, you will get some people that aren't necessarily nice to you. Well, he had these people, and one of them was a vegan. So he got to where he was conversing with these guys, and and he, it's kind of funny because he understands how to talk to people. Um, it's one of those things where you don't just, um, you know, you don't just uh, uh, hold your ground and then expect people to change. You got to actually talk to them and and um, meet them at the at the middle ground and and talk. And and so he started. That's his philosophy is he he thinks that that's the way that we introduce people to hunting um, because it's all about ignorance, right? I mean, if you really think about it, uh, I, th- I think it's like if, last I looked at was like 97% of all Americans eat meat. So um, when you eat meat and, and then you bash on hunting, um, it's got to come out of ignorance or just plain not caring one or the other. And 90% of the time that's ignorance as well. So, um, we got to understand as hunters, uh, if we're going to keep hunting around for sure, we have to, um, portray it to other people. And so he tells a story of this vegan that actually, you know, after they've been talking and this is a long drawn out process after they've been talking for quite a while, um, that these, this vegan was, uh, said, Hey, I want to go dove hunting and, He's like, well, okay, that's cool. Um, I think. <laughs> so he does. He invites him duck hunting. He tells him what he needs, and he says, well, look, if you know, you know, if you want to buy a shotgun, go buy one. But if if you need one, you could borrow one of mine. So, anyhow, they they end up meeting out there, and it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool story. You need to. I'll I'll put the link to the podcast in the show notes. I can't remember what the name of the podcast is, but I have it in my in my phone so i'll I'll put the link in there but anyhow um so you could go over and listen to it um i think there is a little bit of cussing in there just as a as a as a note so just so anybody here that's listening to this doesn't want to hear that just don't click on that link but anyhow so he uh he did this and um he went over and and got this guy out there and uh started shooting doves in front of the guy and and the guy was kind of like standoffish and not wanting to shoot you know and and uh so finally he he gets a couple of doves and he hands one to the guy and tells the guy all about the dove and shows how pretty it is and and uh you know how how he likes to get he likes to go he likes to take care of his meat real quick as soon as it's dead he you know gets it starts getting it cooled down so he shows this guy how all that was going on and the guy tells him a story about how when he had a tenth uh, a birthday when he was 10 years old um, a bunch of the buddies came over and and they went out and shot a bunch of animals and and kind of you know through peer pressure and stuff made him do that and that's kind of what turned him into being a vegan is uh it was just so horrible the way that they just went through and just shot animals left them lay and all this you know you guys have probably all heard about it or seen even seen somebody do it and it's just it is it's vulgar and wrong and And so it really turned him off of hunting, but he was, he said that the reason he wanted to try hunting again is because of the way that, um, that Jeremiah actually looked at it and the way that Jeremiah said, you know, talked about how much reverence he has for the animal's life and, and what that leads to and, and how we should, you know, look at those things and understand the ramifications of all that. And so he, uh. He finally watches Jeremiah clean this dove and, and he goes, Okay, I think I'm ready. So he next dove comes in, he pulls up and shoots it, and uh, it takes him a little while. He goes over, picks it up, and it was a big deal for him. And uh, so Jeremiah tells you guys got to go listen to the podcast, Jeremiah tells it way better than I do, but he te- he unloads his shotgun, Jeremiah unloads his shotgun, and he walks over and he says, Uh, um, do you need some time? Do you need to talk it over? And and the guy's like, yeah, man, it, it's just really hard, uh, you know, after what we've gone through. And so Jeremiah unloads his shotgun, and they pick up the dove together, and he goes, look, you know, this thing, um, it, it, we have deep reverence for this. He, he told him, you know, just because this has a heartbeat doesn't mean that it's any different than having to kill a squash, um, you know that you're gonna you're gonna kill to eat regardless the the real travesty is is when you don't feel it when you just drive through McDonald's or you drive through uh, or get chicken McNuggets and you just don't think it's an animal uh, he said that's and he explains to this guy and the guy's like yeah you're exactly right and 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 Jeremiah explained you know it's it's not like a bloodthirst thing that we have it's it's more of a Understanding of what's going on in the system, and and he says it's full of emotions. Of course, you're happy sometimes. You know, you you've been working at this bull all this time, and and you're really trying to get at this bull, and it's taken three days and four days, you know, and you've hiked miles and miles, and you're super. Your adrenaline just dumps when you finally get him. He says you know and that's sometimes people misinterpret that and some people don't even have you know they're not doing it out of those reasons so he said um it's a good thing well to make a long story short this this guy he he then becomes a hunter and uh he ended up shooting his limit of of doves that day and probably you know every one of them hit him um i don't know if that's the truth or not but uh, i'd imagine and uh then he t- they take them back and they eat them together isn't that amazing isn't that an awesome story because that's how life really should be that's how life really is right there's a lot of ignorance out there in this world and that ignorance messes with people and see that's that was the biggest thing that jeremiah's is about is, is trying to help people really understand that the word hunter isn't a bad deal um it doesn't mean you know killer it it these people have all these ideas about what hunter is and um and some of them rightfully so because hunters have been so misrepresented to them well i started thinking about this as i was listening to this i was thinking you know what the same thing happens to the word christian that uh it gets so misrepresented in in our culture nowadays um some people even go to the idea that it, it represents a political party. It represents, um, who they're affiliated with. It represents even what news channel they watch. <laughs> it's ridiculous when, when you start thinking about, um, the, the word Christian and what, how it's used. So I thought it'd be great if I came on here and, um, I started, and I, and I kind of talked a little bit about what Christian, what Christians are. And, um, in, in Christ's eyes and what the Bible says about it. And, um, also you guys, I, I want to do this because I know the outdoor community, I know who we are. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we say things like, uh, I'd rather be sitting in a duck blind thinking about, or, uh, what is it? Sitting in a duck blind, um, you know thinking about God than sitting in church, thinking about the duck blind or something like that. We, we make up those things and, um, they're not entirely good. I, I, quite honestly, um, you know, because there's a lot of problems we have there. Now I understand that completely because I, I see God in the outdoors completely. Um, and a lot of times I will get out and do things so I could be closer to him. And I understand that completely, but I cannot, um, I I have to, uh, if if I'm going to be really um, honest with myself, I have to understand that I have to go and be around other Christians. I can't say that I only meet God um, out in the woods or by myself because that's not um, good theology. That's just not who God is. Um, so, I'm going to go over just a little bit of that today. Another thing I want to point out too is, you guys, this is not a religious thing. This is um, how life is. Um, I make no qualms about that. I know that's not politically correct to say that, even among the Christians, <laughs> to tell them that uh, life is actually just about living Christ-like. That's what we're actually supposed to do. All every one of us. It doesn't matter um, who you are. You're supposed to live um, the Christian way of life. And I know that that sits hard. Um, I'm sorry. And now that brings up another point. When I say that is when I, the minute that I say that I become a hypocrite because for one, there's no way, no way on this earth that I could live out that life perfectly. And so if you're looking guys, if you're within my earshot right now and and you, you judge the church because of the hypocrites, well, join the crowd, but you got to understand something else is, um, we're all hypocrites. Every single one of us, the minute that we actually call somebody a hypocrite, you become one because there is something within you that is hypocritical. Um, so, you know, let's get over that. Let's, let's understand, let's throw that out. Um, now there might be some more, some people that are more hypocritical at times. And I I get that. I've been around it. You guys, I know. Um, but what I want to say is, is, um, if we claim to be Christians, we're not going to be able to live that out a hundred percent. Um, not on this, not on eternity, not on this side of eternity, but we will be able to live it out. Trust me. That's, that's who we are. Um, we just haven't finalized it yet. So, when you look at the church, you guys, and if that's keeping you from church, um, I'm sorry because you probably have a really good reason. There's probably somebody that's hurt you within the church or the church structure itself has hurt you. Um, and I'm really sorry about that. But what I'd like to say is, is judge it for people, not for church. Um, judge it that, you know, people are sinners and uh, people that are in that church are sinners that are saved by grace. And understand yourself that you need that same grace so um like i good advice i always hear and i've and i'll pass it on to you is um you have to go to church that's how Christ's spirit works is being in a community of believers um and the community should be um helping itself it should be writing that as well through grace and and faith and love and and the word of god but um I understand you know when you when you don't want to be but um, here's here's a great piece of advice find the church that you hate the least and go to that one because <laughs> you have to you have to go to church you have to go to church all right so with that said you guys and I understand I I have been there man I have gone to some atrocious churches and um, part of that is is my own outlook on what church is we really got to get past the idea that a church is a building and start thinking about the church of Christ is his people. The ones that he actually is inside, the ones that his spirit is actually changing. And those people, even in their faults will, um, will carry out his will one way or another. Sometimes it takes them being, um, corrected. Sometimes it takes them having to go through some things. And so, I'm telling you right now that a real church has real life going on inside of it and it has things that it has to deal with and it has people that you're not going to like in it. And, um, but it is genuine. If, if it's that way, it's genuine. If you go to a church and everything seems like everything's perfect, then there's probably, um, just a whole lot of whitewashed fence and a whole lot of religion going on in that church. And Um, I'm telling you right now, you guys, you can't be a Christian outside of church and, and church by what I mean, church, that's God's body, Christ's body. So you could have church around a campfire. Um, you could have church anywhere, right? Um, so I'm not saying you have to go to a certain building, but you have to be connected to the body of Christ. All right. So what does this look like? Um, Well, the first thing, there's three things here that I'm going to point out. And the first thing, this is what a Christian is, um, is that we were made in the image of God. Okay. The second thing is we chose not to be a part of that image. And the third thing is is Jesus repaired that image. So that is really what the church of God is, is his image of himself on the uh, earth. And so right there. Just because that we haven't been fully uh, perfected yet, we won't until we get into heaven, um, makes us hypocrites. Because <laughs> we profess Christ, but yet we don't live it out 100%. Now, there is one thing, though, is if there is somebody that professes Christ and is doing exactly the opposite, never repents from it, and never, never comes daily and goes, man, I am blowing this, um, and tries to change... Uh, I would venture to say that the spirit of Christ probably isn't living in that person or in that congregation or in that organization. So that that is something that you have to look at. You'll know them by their fruit, right? Um, so fruit sometimes isn't always ripe. Sometimes it's still growing. So add that into the equation. But at the same time, there should be fruit there. Okay, there should be growth. And there should be somebody who, uh, who, if they're called out for a wrong thing, realizes that it's wrong and asks for forgiveness from you or from somebody else. And then you'll do the same when you're wrong. And that's how church really is. That's genuine church guys. And that's actually genuine people. Um, And that's what we're made to be. That leads us right into the first thing, right? We were made to be in God's image. God created us to be little ones of hymns on this, on this earth. And we were supposed to be his direct representation to the, created order so that means that we are we were supposed to take care of it the Garden of Eden that was our job was to manage it we even managed it to the point where we um, w- where we named the animals the only reason we call an elk an elk is because we were able to call an elk an elk um, you don't see dogs naming the elk you don't see cats naming the elk you don't see orangutans naming the elk right that was us and it's still that way um we we that's why we're made in the image of god we're the ones that name it um the next thing is we're the ones that we're supposed to uh take care of it uh you don't see you don't see lawsuits over public lands with elk elk don't create lawsuits with public lands you guys, this is just a testament of who we really are and what we've been made. We've been created in the image of God. And with that, um, it brings personality. And this personality is exactly what we're talking about here. So um, if, if you have a hard time with thinking that humans are even uh, just if we are something beyond, if, you know, if we have a spirit or, or those kind of things, just think these things through. You know, how in the world... Can um, we have evolved into this human being that now um, is the one who has named everything else? If we were just naked apes, um, we wouldn't even care, right? I mean, quite honestly, think about it. If all we are is an evolved creature and all we do is come live and die, then what good is it that we even care about naming animals what good is it that if if they're just worm dirt and we're just worm dirt what and and we have to deal with all the crud in between what good is it that uh that we even name the animals um that we even try to manage anything that we have lawsuits about trying to keep things in uh public hands and public lands or public lands and public hands and why do we even care about that stuff why would we well, the f- fact of the matter is is we are something beyond just blood guts and gray matter. We're something beyond animal, we are spirit as well. And that leads us into the next thing. Um, so God made us in his image. That means that we have spirit. The Bible says that he picked up dirt and breathed into it. I don't know if that's metaphor, it's probably it probably really did happen, but it is a metaphor as well. And that's how the Bible's written a lot of times. But um, it was the spirit of God that actually gave us the life. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because um, a lot of people say, well, God made man out of dirt. Oh, that's ridiculous. How can that be? Well, um, have you ever seen a man die or anything die? What's it become? It becomes dirt unless there's a spirit there, right? So anyhow, he made us in his image. And then we broke that. Uh, and in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, the first humans, broke it, for, for one. But more importantly, you and I broke it. Uh, we broke it when we, the first time that we chose to do something on our own outside of God's will. And uh, you guys could probably look back on that. You could probably look back on it and go, I'm going to do this, regardless of who says it's whether it's right or wrong. The minute that you did that, you're actually born born with that um in your in your veins you're actually born with that nature in you and uh so it was no surprise when you did that but it it does create something it creates death if you think about it if you do things exactly what you want and you turn away from your created order if you turn away from being made in the image of god what are you turning away from well god by definition is love god by definition is all-knowing So knowledge, God by definition is, um, not movable. So he's not changing. So if, if you're moving away from that image, you're moving into an image that is, um, not loving, that's hate. You're moving into an image and, and by hate, I mean, when you don't think about God or other people, that's hate. When you're just doing stuff for yourself and you don't care about the ramifications of how it affects somebody else or the environment, the created order, then that's hate. Okay. And then, so, and then you move, you're moving away from knowledge. Well, that would be um, moving into stupidity, uh, not, not believing. I mean, here's one thing, and I don't mean to bag on guys that believe in evolution, but you got to ask yourself this. Um, The law of cause and effect says that there has to be a cause within the universe, To create the universe, to create anything, right? So the fact that there is something here points right straight back to a cause, okay? And that cause would have to be outside of time and space. Do you know what I mean by that? That cause would have to be something that is eternal and not made of matter, okay? So now think that one through. Um, the, The law of cause and effect just tells us that. It can't happen from nothing there. The reality is there is no such thing as nothing. Nothing is a concept that isn't real. Um, it's just like when you ask your kid, Hey, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. That's bull. We all know it because there is no such thing as nothing. There's never been nothing. There never will be nothing. Think that through. I mean, if you really think it through, um, it'll stick with you. Just think that through. So the fact of the matter is, um, in order to believe that something came from nothing, that is ludicrous. That, that means that you're, there's no knowledge there. So that would be the opposite of your, um, image. And I know you guys, I know this doesn't sit well. I know that, uh, it, it can be offensive if you think that, um, but a lot of times it is offensive. A lot of times the truth is offensive. Uh, if you think about it, if you wanted to, one and one to equal two, but you, or one and one to equal three, but you were always told, no, that is not true, it's two, that would be offensive. But that doesn't change the fact that one plus one equals two. So think that through. When you're thinking this stuff through, understand that we were made in God's image. We chose not to think that way we stepped outside of the image and then, um, God is truth as well. So if uh, by definition, by definition, God is truth as well. So then you would step into a lie. You understand all that? That is the problem. That's, that's what we call sin. Um, that's, that's the problem with humanity right there is we believe lies. And, uh, if we believe the biggest lie of all, that there is no God, that we are God, then we've stepped into, all the things that I I just talked about. Now, here's the news. This is the good news. This is what being a Christian is about. It's the fact that Jesus actually did come back and then mended that relationship. So he brought us back into the image of Christ. That's what it is. That's all it is. And here's the cool news about that is you can't do anything about it other than believe it. That's all you do. That's all you do. You, You can't make yourself any better at it. All you got to do is, go. Oh, that's true, Lord. By the way, you could do that right now. Um, it's not going to make you any less of a person. It won't make you less of a man. It'll make you more of a man, really. Um, you'll understand why you are a man. You'll understand why you do the things that you do and, and where those come from. But let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about um, him making you come back into that relationship So what happened is, is God himself took on human form, real human form. Even when he was a baby, he had to have his bottom cleaned, okay? This is real human form. He did this because the perfect human, remember what he said? He said, if you step out of my image, if you aren't going to, then that will create death because you stepped away from God, right? So, I mean, it's just fact of life that if you don't carry out what God does. If you're not like him, you're going to be something completely different. And if he is life, then you're stepped into death. And so you've done all these things. You've walked away from all this stuff. And if you've done that, then you, the only way back. And he says, that's undoable. You, you can't, it's death. That, that That's the wages for it. The wages for sin is death. So Jesus, what he did is he took on human life and he made the perfect life. So it was the perfect sacrifice. So he's the one that paid for all that death that we've created. Um, our personal sin, our personal death, the, the very time that we rebelled against God, he paid for that. It's not like he just stepped in and kind of, you know, had a, had a wink, wink, wink to God and God winked back and said, oh, that's cool. No, what really happened is is he actually paid for it. And he paid for it on the cross and his blood paid the price. Now, where does that leave us now? Well, if you believe in Christ, if you believe he did that and that's what he did, then you're going to go, oh my gosh, that is so amazing that he would do such a thing that I have no other choice but to believe in him and to believe in And if I do believe in him, I really want to be like him. And I'm going to, try to live my life like him. And then his spirit will make that happen. (laughs) Now I say that it won't be perfected in this lifetime. Um, there's still a sin nature that we fight constantly. There's still a dead old dead body that fights against us because of, because of the ramifications of the fall of humanity. That's, that's all that's part of it. And, And there are some other things on earth that are from the fall of humanity, you know, um, Rattlesnakes, for goodness sakes, um, briars, and, and all the, those things that are cursed um, because of the death that we brought in. Now, I know this brings up a lot of theological points. I don't apologize for that. Some of them I can't answer, some of them I can't. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, at least you could think about them. And if you have any questions, leave the questions in uh, below. You could ask me questions and I'll, I'll address them. I've gone through all this in my own mind, you guys, I've, I've had to deal with all this in my own mind. So I do have some questions, some things I just have to trust. Um, but it's the best thing to trust. It's, it's got the most. So, uh, with that said, um, another, so Jesus died on the cross, he paid for it all. And then the minute that you come to him, The only way that you could actually be fixed is if you were reborn. If your spirit, the part of you that that rebelled, do you know that you could actually tell your thoughts how to think? See, um, we argue with ourselves all the time. We always tell us, don't quit thinking that way. If you tell yourself to quit thinking that way, exercise is is a good example. You have to make yourself exercise. Um... If you you don't make yourself exercise, your thoughts will be like, well, you know, I got this to do and that to do and this to do. And, you know, man, I could start tomorrow. Well, unless you tell yourself, no, you need to do it today. What does that inside of you? Is that just neurons and electric? No, that is your spirit telling you that this is what is right and you have to do it. So think that through that part of you needs to be fixed. Because that's the part of you that, that lies to yourself. That's the part of you that hates. That's a part of you that, it's not your thoughts so much. It's what tells your thoughts to think the way that they think. So that's what happens when you come to Christ. He goes, okay. Somehow or another, his spirit already speaks that into you and says, okay. Um, I'm going to impart myself inside of you. And I'm going to start fixing you. <clears throat> and that is something that other people around you are going to see. And I mean, of course, you're going to still sin. It's how you handle the sin. It's how you handle when you when you mess up. It's those things. It it changes your whole perspective of life and it changes the way that you are. And it changes how you want people to um, how you want to affect people. It changes all that inside of you to where you are now um, going to going to be different and you're, you're going to want to please him. And you will, you'll want to please him and you're going to, you're going to fail at it a bunch. So anyhow, guys, I just wanted to bring that Christian's not a bad word. The problem is, is there's so many people that have used it wrong. It's kind of like that Hunter thing, right? There's so many people that don't understand what it really is. I mean, even people that sit in the pews every Sunday. And I I mean that. I, I I mean it. There are people that use church for like a club. There's people that use church for their religion. There's people that use church. But the fact of the matter is the church is Christ's body. So find the church. Find those people that are following Christ who, when they screw up, they know it, and they ask for forgiveness from all the people around. You know forgiveness is one of the things that nobody asks for, for anymore. We All we ask for now is our rights and <clears throat> It's, it's crazy. When you get around people that are truly following Christ, things are completely different. So I hope that helps you guys. I hope um, I hope these podcasts are helping you. If you're not going to church, find one. If you're in a sin, if you're stuck in a sin, um, ask for forgiveness. If you haven't believed in Christ yet, call me up. Um, my number's all over the place. 541-951-6952. Call me, and and I'll talk to you about it. It's, it's the most important thing that you need to know on this earth. All right, take it easy. Hey, if you like this stuff, you guys, please leave us a review down there. Like I said, we have a Patreon account. You can go over and check it out. It's the Life Outdoors. Um, We also have a YouTube channel that um, hopefully you guys are digging it. A lot of people seem to be digging it. So, and then we also have the Life Outdoors video page on Facebook. So you can check it out too. And we put video up there as well. All right, thanks a bunch. Until then, keep on living. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. In Wild Country, the challenge of what's outside brings you closer to what's inside. Wild Country, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Expedition Enterprises. It's going to get a little hairy. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.